Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, how's it going? Today, I want to talk about how to think like someone who isn't bulimic. And I know it sounds weird and kind of strange, but there is a reason that I think it's a really good idea to do that. And it could help you in your recovery so much. But I just wanted to give you a quick life update. I've been coaching still and really enjoying that. My clients are amazing. I learn so much from each client that I work with. They teach me more arguably than I teach them. It's a really interesting balance because being someone who's coaching, you learn a lot from the different circumstances that people bring to you and the different thoughts. And, you know, obviously I don't think that I've seen it all, but every time a new situation comes up or a new client comes up, so I'm like, wow, of course this makes sense. I'm so glad I get to have this opportunity to coach someone through this and help someone recover. And it's been one of the most rewarding jobs of my life. And I'm so happy that one day I took that leap of faith and started a coaching business and started this podcast. But Aside from that, I'm also working a lot with the course and there are new updates coming to the course. I'm adding so many new modules, which I'm excited about. One is going to be on digestion because a lot of my clients struggle with bloating and digestive issues in recovery. Then probably the most exciting thing that I'm adding to the course is group coaching, which is something I've never done before. I've never group coached before. I just coach one-on-one. And I had reservations about that because a lot of people seem to be reserved about talking about bulimia. And I had hesitation with ever adding group coaching because I don't feel like people would want to put themselves out there and would want to talk about their issues with bulimia in front of other people. But the thing is, I will never know unless I put it out there into the world. I will never know if people don't if people want it or not, if I don't offer it. So I'm going to be offering group coaching inside my course. It's a paid membership course. You can find it in the link in this podcast or just go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course and you can join there. But uh, essentially you'll be in a community of people who are going through the same thing as you, believe me, recovery. And the cool thing about group coaching is I learned so much from it. I know when I watch other people be coached, And sometimes it's about something that I don't even have an issue with, but still the concepts that they're saying, I can easily apply to my own life. Group coaching is so, so powerful. And sometimes someone asks something that you didn't think you know that you needed to hear. And a lot of people come to me and talk, tell me how much they love the podcast. And they say, you say things I didn't know that I needed to hear. And so that's why I think group coaching will be really effective in the course and Who knows if it turns out to be a total bust and no one wants to show up for it, that's totally fine. The course is still amazing and I'll maybe try it again at a later pace or try something else, but still life's going great. Um, Otherwise though, my boyfriend did suffer an injury, had an Achilles tendon rupture. So that is also why I haven't been on the podcast in a little while we've been dealing with that, but he will recover. He's okay. It's just life keeps throwing things at you, right? And it's interesting. It's a change, but Anyway, so that's a little bit about me, but today on the podcast, I want to talk about how to think like someone who is not bulimic, and here's why this is important, why this is effective, is that when you're recovering from bulimia or trying to make any change in your life, really, it's helpful to know what you are aiming towards. It's helpful to know what kind of person you're going to be at the end of it, and how do you do that? How do you become something? How do you learn something? 
while you first study what it is you're supposed to do as being that something, and then try to adopt those habits, adopt those new ways of thinking, adopt those tendencies. So it's so helpful to know what someone who isn't bulimic is thinking and then try to emulate that or try to be that and and visualize that and there's a in my course i have people go through and visualize what do they think they'll be like when they don't have bulimia in their life and it's such a powerful question i want to ask that to you here too what do you think your life will be like when you're not bulimic and what do you think you'll think about when you're not bulimic and here's the thing that i didn't realize for a long time and uh it also came up in weight loss as well is that uh, when you aren't bulimic anymore or when you are, you've finally lost all your weight or something like that, they're not interchangeable and I know that, but it, weight loss is such an obvious comparison, but we'll, we'll keep it at bulimia. Um, when you're not bulimic anymore, you no longer think about binging and purging. Um, and maybe you could argue that that's not true for me because occasionally I get this like random urges. And I've told you guys in this podcast before, sometimes out of the blue, my brain will be like, what a binge. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> and we just move on. But generally I don't think about binging anymore. That never, it doesn't really come up for me anymore. It's not an issue. It's not something I desire still. And I just don't think about it. It's just not an option. So my brain is completely blank from there. With mealtimes, I don't think how much of the meal am I going to be able to get? When can I eat the food? When can I not eat the food? When will I be hungry for the food? Will I eat too much of the food? There's none of that chatter there either. And I don't think about food very much outside of specific times, like when I'm planning trips to the grocery store, when I'm maybe planning my meals for the week, and when I am actually going to eat or when I'm hungry. Those are the times that I think about food. And outside of that, if my brain happens to think about food, I practice the thought of, no, this is a waste of time. I don't like thinking about food outside of when it's useful to me. I don't waste my time thinking about food. So that's kind of how, as me, not being bulimic anymore, thinks. And that's a brief overview, but I really want to challenge you to think about it. Like people that aren't bulimic don't think and obsess about food and they don't worry about when the next time they're going to binge and purge or not. They don't constantly think about when they can do it. They don't plan those things anymore. Um, also, let's say someone who wasn't bulimic got an urge to binge out of the blue, right? And they had never had an issue with it before. They wouldn't indulge in that urge. They also would just be like, oh, that's a weird thought. Let's move on they would just, they wouldn't have any drama about it. They wouldn't freak out. They would just say, that's weird. Let's move on. But because you're in the state of being bulimic, when you have that thought, you make it mean so many things. You make it mean, I am going to binge. I am going to do this. I have to do this. Oh my God, this means I'm going to binge. Or of course, or there's like a shame thing attached to it. Maybe you don't think it means you're going to binge, but you have this judgment attached to it. Like, oh, I have the urge to binge again. I'm so broken. I'm so horrible. When really it's just a habit and you could see it as neutral. But instead we have all this attachment. But if you take someone's brain who doesn't even have an issue with bulimia, they would think nothing of it other than the fact that it's kind of weird that they just had an urge to binge. That's, that's all they would think, right? Same with people who around mealtimes, people that don't have any, any disordered eating, mealtimes, just mealtime or hunger. That's another thing. Hunger is just hunger to them. They're, they think, oh, I'm feeling hungry. A lot of my clients compare it to when they're trying to like heal their relationship with hunger. And I'm practicing also myself, like introducing hunger more and more into my life and seeing what that feels like and making sure I'm actually 
embracing it because hunger is a normal, healthy thing to feel. And we all, as people with disordered eating, we make hunger mean something very bad. Like we're going to binge, like we're going to be out of control, like it's too uncomfortable, like we shouldn't be feeling hunger. But if you can think back to a time, maybe when you were a kid where you had to wait for dinner and you were hungry, but your mom said, no, you got to wait for dinner, your dad, whatever. You didn't throw a tantrum. You didn't think, oh my God, I have to eat now. This is an emergency. What am I going to do? You just, you would just think the thought, that sucks. I have to wait for dinner. Oh, well. And then you'd be all hungry. You'd be a little bit annoyed maybe from feeling hungry. And then you would move on, right? But as an, as an adult and as someone who is struggling with bulimia, you're like, no, I'm hungry. This is an emergency. This has to be meat met right now. This is a disaster. That is someone who, if they're struggling with bulimia, they think that way, right? That's how I used to think. I used to think hunger was the biggest deal in the world and I was scared of hunger. And truth be told, now when I feel hunger, it's not really that big of a deal. I'm hungry right now as I'm recording this and obviously hunger ebbs and flows, but it's not the most uncomfortable feeling in the world. It goes away, it comes back. It's not an emergency and it, w- it won't kill me either. And it's a sign of a body that is healthy because it actually is craving food and energy right? So it's a good, it's good that my body, I have the ability to feel hungry because it lets me know when I, I can feed myself, when I need to feed myself. It's a natural signal, but we may, we attach all this drama to it because of our thinking. Um, so as a bulimic person, I would see that as way negative, as an emergency sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to think through the other issues. Um, free time, that's another thing. If you were to think of someone who is bulimic versus isn't, the person that isn't bulimic would think, free time, cool. I get to chill out. I get to play some video games. I get to work on that task that I needed to complete. I have some extra time or I can just sleep, take a nap or um, whatever. But someone who is bulimic, a lot of my clients struggle with actually be fearing for its free time and they actively avoid spending time on their own. It's, it's uh, really interesting. And I would do this too. I would, uh, I remember in college, I would actually go to a 24 seven cafe in my college town. And it was kind of a shady, gritty place, but they were open 24 seven. And so I knew that at night, especially if my roommate wasn't in town, I would go, especially over the weekends, I would just stay there all day. I remember one time I stayed there for over 24 hours and it was just because I was avoiding spending time on my own and I had school work to do. And I was like, there's no way I can spend time in my house alone by myself, free time. I have to be somewhere else in order to get this work done and in order not to binge. So I would just camp out and I would avoid free time and free space at all, all, all costs. And it was kind of interesting, I didn't realize it, but like really that cafe was my protection zone. It was like, at least someone's here. I can't do any detrimental things as long as I don't leave. Like that's how I felt, right? And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. But um, someone who's bulimic, they don't think that at all. With food too, right? Um, People that aren't bulimic just don't think about food a whole lot. They think about it when they're hungry. They think about it when they need to go to the grocery store. They think about it when they want to plan their day, if they're more efficient people. Some people don't even go that far. Some people think as soon as they're hungry, they're like, oh, I need to eat food. I'm going to go out for lunch, right? And they just, they don't even prep their meals. I, I tend to prep my meals at least a little bit, like we do some batch cooking. So I think about food then. But outside of that, I try not to think about food and it's because it's kind of a waste of time and it's not necessary to think about food all the time. People that aren't bulimic, people that don't maybe struggle with any disordered eating, they just don't think about food. They think about other things. 
And that's something I didn't realize is some part of bulimia recovery is thinking about how you can recover. But as recovery goes on, what's going to happen is you're going to, you want to think about it less and less and less. And that's a good thing. But the drama of bulimia creates such a big space in your life and you have to let it be smaller and smaller and be taken up by different things. But that's hard. It's kind of a weird identity shift. It's strange. Uh, I was talking to one of my clients recently and she's doing so well. She's uh, doesn't have like any desire to binge and purge anymore. She's doing fine on that. It's just overeats here and there. And she was talking about how she was kind of would force herself to journal about food. And I asked her, why are you doing that? Why don't you just journal about other things? And she's like, I felt this need to, to still hold myself accountable to it. But the, the weird thing is like, oh, you don't have the drama about food. So why are you still wanting to write about it, right? It's because you get so used to thinking in that way. It's because you get so used to the drama, bulimia of constantly thinking about it. It becomes part of who you are. And so all this long rant is to say, if you want to become someone who who, who isn't bulimic and you also want to think like someone who isn't bulimic, you need to think about how they would think and start to practice those things, start to rehearse those things that they would say, even if they're not, even if they're not um, natural to you. When you first say them, they might be a bit weird, but what I use a lot is the line when I'm trying to become someone else, like I'm, I'm owning a business that didn't just happen overnight. That took me pushing myself to do that. And instead of just crying and being like, I can't do this. This is not me. This is whatever. I would say, okay, what would the future Jacqueline who is business savvy think about this situation? What would she do? And how would she think about this? She probably wouldn't break down and cry. She would probably try to organize things and try to think about things rationally, right? Same with you. If you're struggling with food or you're, you start to hear yourself indulging in food drama, you could think to yourself, what is the future me who's not bulimic? What would she be thinking about instead? What would she say to these things? Would she say, no, we're not going to think about this. This is a waste of time. Would they say, um, we have more important things to do? Or would they just say, no, we don't think about that and move on. It will feel unnatural at first. It will feel strange, but you can almost think about it as rehearsing a role. And I first heard this concept from uh, Brooke Castillo. So she was the one that came gave me this idea, but kind of like actors, when they take on a new role, they have to practice those lines over and over again before it becomes natural or method actors are even more extreme, right? And they just like live in that role till the role is over and they become that person in a way. You could think about it in that way of I'm practicing becoming someone who's not bulimic. Instead of putting all this pressure of yourself that you need to change right now, just thinking, what would this person be like? And also it's fun to ask yourself the question of what would I specifically be like if I weren't bulimic? Really open up to it. And I know sometimes you can be in such a negative mindset of being like, oh, I'll never be recovered. So what's the point? And that kind of mindset right there is not helpful whatsoever. And I want you to snap yourself out of it. If you're doing that, try to catch yourself, try to go for a walk, try to do something. Because the moment you say, oh, I'll always be this, that is just the most negative, toxic thing you can t tell yourself. It's poison. It's keeping you stuck. And it's not true. Also, telling me right here, right now, you can change. And you telling yourself that you can't change, that's just a lie. So please stop that sort of thinking. Catch yourself in it. Try to pick yourself up, even though it's hard. I know it's hard. I've been there. But move on from that. And then ask yourself, if it were possible, what would the me who isn't bulimic think about? 
what would the me who isn't bulimic do in situations that are traditionally hard for me? What would they do if X happened? If they had free time unintentionally, how would they handle it? And some of you guys will come up like, I don't know. I don't know what they would do, but try to take a guess. Try to write out a script for yourself of this is what I think I would do in this, this situation. This is what I may do in that situation and try them out. See if it feels right. See if it actually helps you. Chances are some of it will help. Some of it won't feel quite right and you'll have to figure it out again. But the more and more you ask yourself these questions, the more you'll get a better idea of what you're aiming towards, what you're working towards. It makes it so much easier when you actually have a goal in the future of what the full you is going to be like. It's hard to work towards something you don't know the plan, you don't have a map for, you don't have a final picture. It's like trying to paint a portrait of a family and not having the family picture. You just get some vague description and you're not a portrait artist or um, that person who will create faces for people who witnesses right <laughs> and they'll create the artwork you're not that person so it'd be really hard to do that but the more and more you can get specific on who you're going to be what it's going to be like it makes it so much easier in the moment to say no that the future me the me that i'm becoming wouldn't do this so we're not going to do this here this it's such a great thing to do when you're recovering and also um when you're doing any new goal, like business, uh, becoming a coach was hard for me, right? And so saying, Jacqueline would do this differently or do this differently and weight loss too. Um, and I'm not encouraging you if you're in recovery to lose weight, but I'm not opposed to weight loss. And so if I were to tell someone to lose weight, I would think, okay, what would the you, the body, um, the body weight that you wanna be at, what would they be thinking? What would they act like? How would they think towards food? What would they be eating? What would they be doing instead of um, binging all these things, right? It's the same concept. So you can use this for any area of your life, but it's so effective in bulimia recovery and it gives you some hope too, which I think is the final thing I want to talk about is the fact that it creates this um, light at the end of the tunnel. If you can really get specific on how you're going to act, Think of the freedom that you would have if you don't think about food all the time. Think of the freedom you you would have if you weren't scared that you're gonna binge all the time. Think of how much stuff you could have in your life, how much more your life would expand if you were recovered from bulimia because you wouldn't be thinking about it all the time. You wouldn't be scared of free time. You would have just more mental clarity. It's amazing. And uh, a lot of my, well, I was just talking to one of my clients and she was saying that she just enjoyed some cake with her daughter and her family. And I just was so happy for her because if she's such a, com a completely different person than who I talked to months ago, right? It's all possible for you too. You can achieve those things. And the first thing you could do is start writing out that script, that role, who, what you think you would be like if you weren't bulimic and start trying to really embody that character start trying to actually practice those scripts that you write out for yourself start trying to practice the lines the more and more comfortable you get with them the easier it will be and the more light you have at the end of the, at the end of the tunnel to actually work towards so i hope this podcast has been helpful for you i'm gonna let you guys go i'll talk to you next week bye hey if you like this episode you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.